Welcome to Lady Daddy Talks. I am your host, Lady Daddy, the one and the only. And on this episode, I have Yada Kenbaku, who I am extremely excited to have on this show. We only met briefly when I was traveling abroad in Bangkok, Thailand. But I am so grateful that we still were able to keep in touch through social media because technology is my favorite thing in the world as a millennial. So welcome. Hi, um, I'm Yada Kinbaku. So I'm a shibari artist and instruction from Thailand. Yeah, so that definitely knocks out my first question, which is always, how do you identify within the BDSM lifestyle? And how would you describe your introduction to the lifestyle? Those, um, I think I'm like quite really open. In, In Thailand, it's a little bit difficult. It's a little bit difficult to to telling people that you have BDSM lifestyle, and it's probably really rare to to see people they are really open to their family, their friend. It's just like you know the culture here. It's it doesn't taking it because of religion and all all the stuff. So I was saying that. People here having a difficult life, difficult time to to be themselves, but I'm really quite lucky. Like my family is really supporting me in any way that I want to be. It's not it's not like they're spoiling me or anything, but I think my mom is what the most you know important person that who supporting me anywhere because she she knowing that how to i mean to not having any power to make any decision in in her life and she didn't want me to go to the same path that she is so i think everything that i i get to know in uh, bdsm and shibari really fast like I don't have to hide to anyone. When I want to know something, I want to educate myself. I just jump right to it, and it's just like I'm, I think I'm just lucky. But most of the people in Thailand is but not the same. Yeah. Honestly, that that definitely gave me a flashback. Um, I think the first month that I attended a munch. I think this was in, I think January, close to February of 2018. And the first munch I went to, I mean, they warned me right away. They're just like, we may joke about it, but we're actually pretty serious that you have to be prepared if any event gets raided. I was like, what do you mean raided? They're like, yeah, it's highly illegal, you know, what we're technically doing. So you kind of have to prepare for that. I was like, well, shit. And it's funny with just like, you joke about like how hot it seems to get caught. But at the same time, it's, it's terrifying to think about something like that. Yeah, is it? Is, is really, I mean, a lot of, 
a lot of Buddhism people in, in, in Thailand, some of them living Buddhism lifestyle really openly. I mean, they open in the social media, like really open in the social media, but their family, their friend, like they didn't know anything at all. Like a lot of people, they are come from a different community. And I don't know, there is like something about it. Like when it's become, Officially, Shibari, it's something that people, you know, get in really fast and it's become mainstream here in Thailand. Um, but they still don't know much about it. They didn't, you know, educate enough about it. And I think for me, I when I get into Buddhism for like, um, right now it's like seven year now, but I start doing rope like seriously for for four years. I start educate people three year, which it it still like surprise me every time because when people see it differently, people see it in different form of art, different form of pornograph. I think it's okay, it's all right to, to thinking thinking that way. And I didn't mind that when people, you know, see it as a fashion as well, because it could be anything. Buddhism is lifestyle, it's not a sickness, which it, that is how I try to tell people, because when people look at, look at me, look at my friend who are living on this lifestyle, they just thought that we kind of psychopath or something. And it didn't hurt me, but they have a lot of rural people here who are trying to hide as much as they can. And they feel, you know, feel bad when, when they're reading the comment, you know, when, whenever people talking about it well it's a little bit weird here in thailand because you know we kind of have a lot of you know that we have a lot of prostitution which is really openly but if you can say from the news like the actual tv news they're saying that we are, but this land, we don't have any prostitute. <laughs> and it's just like ridiculous to, to, to see that like they reject even some small thing like that and to talking about BDSM if it's like no way for them to accept that. Oh, yeah. Wow. That also makes me think, because I remember the first time I saw you perform, I think this was in April 2018, the first time that I saw, I think this was the first time I even saw a Shibari performance, and it was just mm. such a beautiful collection of just rope tops, riggers, just, I, oh my gosh, it was just so artistic, 
I, I can't remember the name of that location or the name of the event, but I mm, I think it's I believe it's uh, Maison 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 Close. It's mm. the owner is French. I think they pronounce Maison Maison Close. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. I just I, I just remember it was a very last minute invitation with one of my friends. Mm -hmm. I think it was towards the end of April and I know it was like my birthday weekend. They're just like, oh, you should come out to the show and Yada is going to be a part of it. And I was already excited because I had, I think we had met um, once before. So I was already excited to see a performance just dedicated to Shibari. <laughs> yeah. I think I still mm. have a couple of the videos on my Snapchat account, but I haven't even gone on there. <laughs> oh, but it's that is really long different. one too. You know, I'm I'm quite a little bit embarrassing to to see my own my own work, you know, doing on that time until now because I would improve it so much that people sometimes they like their part and they don't like their part. <laughs> but from reading that, it's a little bit like about skill which it i'm just like i'm better than that before <laughs> but but i just like seeing the own picture it's just like what am i doing that is not right i mean <laughs> yeah I it's like something to be critical of ourselves in the beginning compared to when we make so much more progress later on yeah yeah i mean it's the thing that is showing me that my you know, two year, one year pause is it doesn't mean nothing. It's mean that I better I'm improved and the more that I um tie the more that I get better, which it is reminding me that I should never stop uh, uh, I should never stop not tying. Like it's just it become it is it's my main job. And then people, it's very hard to believe that that I work at the Shibari Artist full-time. And then speaking of it being your job, I, I would love for you to sort of describe how it went from being your passion to it becoming your job and putting on events. Um, well, with, before in that, um my job that I have or I do Chipotle as like as my hobby. Um I work at the artist. I'm a performer art performer artist anyway. So Rob is been using in my performance quite a lot. And when I start doing the Chibori show, I just feeling that this is what I want to do. And I was talking to my teacher. My teacher is Yoi Yoishida-san. Um, I was talking to her and I telling her that I I want to start teaching Rob. Um, first of all, that I was saying that it's it's because of money. And but I would not doing it if if my teacher don't say that I can. I need that confidence from her. And then she say like she she could not she cannot say she didn't when she teaching me, I mean of course she take money from me, but 
she didn't know it's commercial that that I need to argue her for for permission to teaching someone, but she was saying that when you start teaching someone, it's your responsibility. Never leave that because you are putting things in in their head. They teach them how to tie, which it in the technical, in the skill, it is something that you need time to figure out how to teach someone. But to get the mindset to be right to what you think, what the role, what the chivalry is, that you have to get that to the person. She's an amazing person. Like her work is didn't I mean, her work is not really fancy, you know, like, like not, not, it's not like the other artists in Japan, but she always like telling me that when you're tying someone, you're not just tying, but you have to move their heart. You have to move people's heart around you. If you cannot do that, you are missing something. Every time that I met her, she was saying something that that would dialect to my heart, and that's that I want to be like her, and that's why I for her permission, and she always can't to not say no or, or say yes, because if it's, if she say yes, it more like it's her responsibility to like, you know say like okay you can't teach like it's not easy like that but you have to think when or how you are ready for this so she recommend me to take a card to be a teacher well it's it's not like it's not a card that you can be a chivalry teacher but it's more like if you are good at it it doesn't mean you can't teach anyone. You have to find a way how to teach. So I take the code. So it's a code that full of the people who are good in a different way. So um, I think I'm good at Rome. And then they have people next to me. They're really good at building furniture. And do we have different kind of career, but we are focused on being a teacher. And I take that class for about almost six months. It changed me the way how to teach someone. What we know, it didn't mean it's put dialect to any each one that we teach. We have to find a way to get to know them. Especially when it's come to become to like Shibari, you learn that person's personality quite a lot. You learn all of them and you have to try to find a way to get to them. Because if you cannot do that, even you have all the lessons, even all the best lessons that you have in your hand, but if you cannot find the right way to deliberately to them they would not understand they would just teach that it's all this skill and you know it's just all this skill and technical but it actually much more than that and 
I least liking that I love teaching. I love teaching like so much that more than anything. I don't really have much um, show because when it's come to show, it's about organizing and all the stuff, and they were hating it. I hate to sell to get a hair to five venue. It's just some kind of small little stuff that that I was hating to do. Even I love Rob, I love to do all the detail correctly, but in a different thing, nope, I don't like to do the small thing. So lately I got manager and all my team to like get all everything for me and I just perform, but it's still rare for me to perform anyway because if I perform quite often, I feel like I lost my inspiration and I lost the feeling that I want to do what I want to show to the people. So it takes time for me to feel like, oh, I want to perform. I need a purpose to, to do something. And well, it's been a while for me, but I feel like I want to perform really soon, <laughs> really soon, but still thinking, I don't know what I want, but it will come up. Then when it's come up, I'm just going to tell my manager and um, the people who are helping me working to set everything up for me, which is, is better than, than before when i doing the show. Yeah. I love, I love how you describe your relationship with your teacher as well as your team. I mean, kudos to those that have paved this way for you and really have helped you with your visions. Even if it's not anything, you know, artistic, it's still giving people the opportunity to learn something that they're passionate about. Mm. So it definitely means a lot. Yeah, it's, it's, it means a lot. I think my teacher is, is, from, is from the the country that we all love Japan. We all feel like, ooh, Japan, you know, Japanese BDSM, Shibari, Kidmaku, like, they all feel fantasy all about it. My teacher, she's a woman living in a country that that man still are a bigger deal in the country. She she feels and she know that pressure like a lot. And for me that that is dialect to me that that to to feel like woman women they are need to be much more than that i think she do two event in japan probably more than two event but the bigger event that she did is um onabi onabisawa i think is that one that have a lot of uh, the international artists come over to japan to doing the show too and the other one is Ona, Ona Masuli. So Ona Masuli is the one that I've been invited to do the show in Japan. 
So Onat Masuli is is called a woman festival. Um, when she invited me, um, she invited me last year after she seeing me doing the show and she asking me, do I want to go to Japan and perform there? And it's just like, I've been waiting for this because <laughs> it's kind of my small goal. I want to go to perform in Japan, which is really rare for Shibori artists to go to perform in Japan. Oh, it's really different. But for me, I'm look, I'm look Asian. I'm Asian. So people would, feeling like it's not really different but I mean Japanese is Japanese so somehow that they quite reject foreigner but I think they are better than before but mm. to be honest like before they would like no not accept you know foreigner at all even like you are look Asian like that I mean it doesn't mean all Asian know each other which is that what mostly the western European thinking like we all pretty much the same but we actually not we have a gap between culture and the gap between everything so to get in invitation from from her it just like will make me really happy and she explained to me when she do the festival, uh, festival the, the, the show, she calls it festival. When she do performance, you know, festival. A woman always feel, a woman rigor always feel like they don't get same equal as the man mm. in the show. You know, they, they, they don't feel like they are good enough. They don't feel like they are having fun because people will compare about uh, the man should tie better than women, something like that. And then she's just feeling like she need a spare. She need a show that have all the women. So that's why she make Ona Masuli. To make women feel comfortable to be the best self to export everything that they have. And when I hearing that, it just made me even feeling like, yes, that, that what I want to start, that is the first start that I want to, you know, to do the performance in, in Japan. It's, it's just nice that, that how much that I love this woman at, as my teacher, as the artist, and also they have so many times that I would like cut in between um, in the conversation, like me and my teacher met met quite a lot when she's in Japan because I traveling in Japan quite a lot and she comes to Thailand quite a lot as well. Um, when I hearing her like talking to her friend, I could see in that how what she's saying about the position, you know, even you are the same or you are a worker, but when you are a woman, you kind of not really, you know, mm. could be equal as the man, even she don't agree with it, but she was saying that it was a fact about it. 
it's not only in the BDSM but also everything in Japan as well. And I think it's pretty dialect to me from what she's doing because I'm quite really political head. It's really like I'm really fully political in in any way in 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 Thailand. So it dialect to me, and it made me feel like I want to change and do something about it. Mm. Yeah, it definitely seems like it's an international issue with women trying to fight for representation within mm. the kink realm. So I'm sort of curious. With the sort of remarks that you have received as a rigor when it comes to, oh, you're a woman. Like, have you ever received those kind of remarks personally? Yeah, I mean, I, I, could, I could hear about it. But the thing is, I'm not sounding, you know, cocky. But in Thailand, they don't have anyone who are Thai like I do. So, well, they're talking, they're talking, they're saying I'm a woman, I do, did I do that, but the thing is, they could not say anything because they still don't have anyone tiding better than me. In Thailand, it's still really small community and people who are, you know, talk to each other all the time, and we don't have so much rigor. Even the women who are weaker, I believe we have only two or three people here. And then we have a lot of men who do in Thai, but, you know, but not really like what I do. So it's really, really different. I'm a little bit quite scared. I like people scare me quite a lot, so they don't really talk to me or oh. say things behind me. I don't know why, but I think because I'm not, I'm not scary at all, but people, they think I am. They think that I probably gonna beat the shit out of them if they talk to me. That is, that is how they look at me. I've come to learn when you exude a lot of confidence, it seems that mm. people find that to be intimidating because even for me over time, especially when I started to explore my dominant side, I was already mm -hmm. a pretty confident person as it was, but it seems like when you exude confidence and dominance, oh my gosh, people just become so terrified of you. <laughs> yeah, they are. It's just really funny because, you know, I'm like, really quite quiet when I met her, I mean, people, I'm, I'm in quiet. It's not because of I'm trying to put my ego in front of me or anything like that, but it's more like I, I'm quiet because of, I'm scared. So. <laughs> I'm scared to start conversation. And then my friend has become like that because I'm fucking scared. <laughs> and then people just like, you know, you are just trying to pulling that you are cool. And it's just like, nope, I'm not. I'm just scared <laughs> of you. <laughs> yes, because they, that is true. Expect, it's they expect all the femdoms to be extroverted and oh, like overtly social, where sometimes, yes, we can be a little bit introverted and it's okay to approach us first and negotiate. Yes. And then maybe we'll warm up to each other. 
Yeah, that's it's, I mean, that is the thing. Like most of the people who are come to to tie with me or you know become my pay partner and stuff like that. They they have to come to talk to me because for meeting that to chasing, you know, the person who who are submissive or the bottom, I feel a little bit not really not really good about doing that. I feel like if someone needing it, they just come to to me and 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 talk to me because I'm really shy. That I always telling people I'm really shy. I, I cannot. I cannot go after anyone at all. <laughs> yeah, and to be honestly, I, I don't really have that much confidence. The one reason that I'm afraid to chasing people because of I'm afraid to being rejected, and I think that is that is a part of me. Like people don't really know that I'm afraid of being reject which it i don't think people would reject me but i'm still feeling terrified about it and not you know not saying that to people much but i do say it sometime i am <laughs> yeah it is it is interesting to hear that especially the short amount of time that i learned of you and even through mutual friends while I was in Bangkok and just how much they, I mean, adored you even after I left and just how much they would talk about you and how fun it was to have scenes with you and just how excited they were just, oh, I get to play with Yada today and I can't wait and just... So it's just, yeah. it's just, it's so interesting to hear your perspective compared to theirs. Because um, before in that, my, my, my place in is quietly met because I'm, I'm in a relationship with um, um, Vanilla. I don't know, is this correct to say? It's, I mean, it's Vanilla partner. Which is what I like. I like, I like to have Vanilla partner because... I think it because of all of this, it's my job. With mm-hmm. same it's my job. And I need time. I need a little time to, to feeling balance my life. To just don't feel kinky or, you know, being on the roll all the time. To feeling like, you know, someone, they make it for me to rest and don't have to to like you know running my thought all the time but just be quiet and doing something together that you know peaceful and but I mean so he he is a one in law so he have a lot of remit about what I can do what I cannot do which I'm I'm happy to do it I'm really happy to do it. It's just like a lot of people might be feel sorry for me, like oh, you are really openly about BDSM lifestyle, but when you get into the one in relationship, you just could not do everything. But for me, I think that he's a, my first apology for, ev- for all everything. So when he said that he can, he, he, he could not let me do that. He, 
he could not let me having intercourse sex with anyone. I'm I'm well to do with. I mean, for me that I would say that I would I would don't want to do that either because my head, my heart is all over him, and I'm happy to do it. But they have so many times that I have to like negotiation with him with like a lot of thing like tiding a person that he feeling like he feel insecure. Like he know what kind of person that I like and he know that it's my tie and he gonna feeling like a little bit insecure when it's high though for some time. And that is that it's I jump right to it to have to telling him that it's it's a work. It's you know something that I have that connection with them and and I really need him to understand and and to let me doing this like he can be hundred percent trust on this that I would never do anything more than that. It would it would okay, it would happy, it would happy. But I think my work start getting more really not better, I would not say better, but I could explore more things after I break up with him doing COVID nineteen. It was <laughs> it was bad because he would my heart, he would my everything. I think the COVID nineteen didn't affect my job at all, but it would affect my personality quite a lot because I break up with him and the whole world is kinda end for me. Job I'm still fine. I'm still doing my job like pretty fine, but but like with the personal life it's not really that good. <laughs> yeah. And then speaking of COVID-19, I was actually curious to know how it has affected the BDSM community within Thailand. I mean, for me that I've been in off from the community for a while, they have um, a lot of issue that part of it is with my fault. And I haven't been really in touch with many people from a community, like a foreigner who are living in Thailand community. And also, like, I start having my manager, which is, she is the one mostly contact to all community for me. Because on that time, I think I, they have COVID, I break up. So I was, like, feeling, like, a lot of connection. I could not connect with anyone. I could not do anything at all. And having my manager is more, like, really helpful for me to do all kind of thing. Um, well, it didn't feel much different, you know, because of in Thailand, people still hiding it to, to doing the king scene, not doing the king scene. They still need to hide from it. Even having a COVID or don't have any COVID, you know, I don't think that it affect anything much for them. I don't. I don't really think so. It, I don't think so. And for me, that I still have a job, like I still teaching, like private class. But 
Well, I'm lucky that I don't catch anything because do, during the COVID time, I met some people, but it's not it's not bad. It has definitely been drastically different here in the states. I mm-hmm. mean, ooh, it is a constant everyday debate. It was bad there, but in in Thailand, it's very different. Like people, they are really follow introduction from from the government really strictly mm-hmm. and i i follow about it too only when i met customer we are not really in a close to each other you know but we're still living in the same we stay in the same room t- you know doing class but i was trusting the person who come to learn with me like he would not going to met anyone only come to see me to study that is what he says so that why i allow him to you know have a class with me mm. with with the other with the other person i would do the same thing too it's a little bit lack of responsibility but you know we we have to work in other way because our government is I feel tired talking about my government, but they're not paying anything to anyone. They don't pay money to me. They don't pay money to anyone. You are on your own. You cannot go to work. You don't have money to pay rent. You don't have money to pay, you know, to feed yourself, your family. They don't give a fuck about it. Mm-hmm. That is make me like, you know, really upset the most all all the time thailand is not wealthy living country we have a lot of poor people i think that is what i forgot on on covid when that covid happened you know the feeling like how everyone doing in thailand because some of them depending money like daily some of them working daily and got like, I don't know, like hopefully, you know, 10 bucks a day after they're working all day. I mean, it's fucking sad. I don't want to talk about this. <laughs> it's, just, oh, it's just, it's just really sad when they're talking about the Thai government. Yeah. Yeah, mm. it, it did remind me um, when I reached out to you about doing this interview, and I know you were. Yeah concerned if you were even going to be able to because you were in the midst of protesting yes i i'm i'm really i'm exciting on this protesting it was start from the people they call themselves free youth um trying to talk dialect to to the the government the prime minister our government come from army it's, and they're not come from election. They've been shooting by the army to be our government. And they've been like there for like sick year, sick fucking year. And they, they, the more that they are, they're trying to prove, I mean, the more that they are, leave, I mean, stay in the position, it didn't get, give any good thing. They don't, when we want to see like what is going on, what is happening, they keep hiding the information, they keep hiding the account. They 
they don't call themselves, you know, dictatorship, but it's just like, we are like half democracy, and it's just like, what the fuck is a half democracy? There is no half democracy, seriously. And, and on a time, the student is the one who aren't, could not stand it anymore. And their, their age is like 18. And lower than that, they're coming out protesting. So I going out to back up, back up for them. Um, me and some of um, artists group trying to form the the political um, protesting. In my part of what I do, we we using art to protest. And on that time, me and my friend who are working for the foundation here is a a woman foundation so it's all about supporting women friend and all kind of any woman issue we are for the protesting at well the part that i do here in thailand is a sex worker so i i doing foundation with the sex worker and all the stuff and that we kind of talking about the law and and why we need to to be a better country and it thinks this protesting is the wake up call for everyone that they need to learn their right they need to learn what the human right is and so were those the photos I, I believe I saw on your personal page, it was you and a few other people with red umbrellas that said uh, yeah. sex yes. work is work. Yes. Yeah, I, I do the campaigns. I will for meeting that to make it legal. It's a little bit, it's a little bit a big dream. It's a big dream that we all want it. We Absolutely. all want it we all want it, but for me, it, I want to feel safe when I'm work. I want to feel be treating like my job is a, it's a normal job. And we have all the right to be safe and working. When, if our customer, you know, attacking us, we can, we can go into stay and report about it. I mean, instead of going to report, you get arresting. That that mm-hmm. is a thing that that I don't want that to happen. And most of the people here who are working the sex worker, the bigger pom pom is they have they have to lower their price. They have to offer risky, you know, sexual so weird which they don't want to, but they have to. Because they have, they have to feed their family and all, everything. They need that money. We all work for money. Why sex for money is different. That, that is what I, I trying to speak it to the people, especially to the government. I telling them, you cannot arrest God because you didn't do your job. Mm. You have to question yourself. 
not about how you're going to stop art not selling our body for money, but it's about you have to know why people have the right to selling it because you have, you don't do your job to make art living a better life. And then that, that means you cannot if you want to sell our body, if you want to sell the service. So that is lead to the things to like, even a basic, like in Thailand, we used to have 30 baht for, for um, going to hospital. So that means all any kind of people could pay for one buck to going to hospital if you are sick. But right now they cancel it. And thinking about the people who are depending on that could not cannot afford to go to hospital anymore. They die. They die outside. They cannot even get any basic health care. And how they I mean how they gonna live their life. When they get sick, they're afraid to go to the hospital. Like we we all work for money and the government get all from art but didn't helping art back it's just ridiculous but also that in this kind of in this protest it have a lot of um a lot of sensitive information because it's become a bigger group and people have a different Different, different need to change something in in Thailand country. Some of them will want to getting a lawyer family out from from the political game. So the the lawyer family is a bigger part in in Thailand. People see them as God, and it's a little bit difficult because. You can go to jail by talking about lawyer family here. Wow. You cannot say anything. The only thing that you could say about them that how much that you love them. But you could not question you could not say anything sensitive to them. And that law put my friend, put the people out there to jail immediately. No try, no Called nothing. If someone going to the police, this guy talking shit about lawyer family, the police can arrest that person. It's a ridiculous thing that that ever happened in Thailand. And I think that, I don't think that you would know about something about it. But Thailand is kind of in the bad spot right now. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely unfortunate that I mean, even the United States as much as we brag about the democracy that we have, I feel like we go through the same qualms, especially with our president now, who is trying to ban TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, yeah. just for anyone speaking about him, <laughs> it's just like he tries to ban a whole social media platform. I just feel like why they're so vulnerable about it. I mean, you are so weak. 
I mean, <laughs> if you come, I mean, if you become like you know, you know what is gonna happen. You are political. Political is mean you work for art. You work for people. We can talk shit about you. Exactly. That is the thing. It's the thing. You are work for art. art. We pay you salary. Seriously, I mean, why? Why not? Why we cannot talk about art? Why we cannot say a thing? Okay, it's a little mean when we say a thing, but come on, doing your better job. You are get into the game. You know what you're gonna get into. You are not come to serve people, but also you are everything for art. So that means when we angry, we we rest. You have to take it. Sorry to say that it's not really like consent, but well, that is how the political are. <laughs> yeah. So I guess on a lighter note, in each episode of my podcast, I usually like to have a segment called a shit show story, which is basically you describe. Uh, whether it was a event that you were a part of or a event that you organized where something just went completely wrong for a BDSM mm. event that you were a part of or organized. Because I, they have one time that I do the show and I did a little, it's not a little, was, I mean, all of the event, they always having a new problem, new problem, like coming up, like something is not ready, something needs to wait and stop like that, that is happening, that is a daily, you know, basic thing that happened to, to any event. But to, to have like completely wrong, so they got one time that I think I was doing something else as well in that event. And also, I have my own show. It was like, I got a group of people who all want to do a BDSM festival here in Thailand. And then we have, we have talk, education, we have different show, we have game, and all the things to make people like exciting about it. Well, they have a lot of people joining. It's like 200, probably Join that event. Um, I'm getting around people in the event as well, so I have to contact to eat all of them. But so tired on that day, but also I have I have performed day. I was so tired, and I have a different side, different length of rope, and I was using the wrong one was it it's not it's not long enough and i i still keep tying that rope even i know it's not it's not wrong enough to be a suspension lie but i use it anyway and then when the when the weight is getting in and it's pressing more weight on it the rope it jam and i could not untie it during the oh, show no but I made decision really quick. I made decision really quick. I try a full time, try to untie it. 
but it doesn't work. I was I was so tired, my hand is shaking because of, I think I would do everything all day too, and that I think that is reason that my mind is not quite forgot on, on the show anymore. So I called the audience up, and holding her up, holding my 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 model up, and I unjam it, and then I keep my performance keep going. I don't stop immediately. I just you know asking a favor for the audience to pulling her up one time and I unjam it. <laughs> yeah, and let her upside down, and I keep doing the show. And after the show, I to them that it's worth a shit show. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that is the only shit thing that happened to my show. But you know yeah, what? It's, after that, I... It's a good thing that it didn't go drastically wrong, so... <laughs> well, I made, I made a really quick decision. You know, I, I see many, many people doing in private Thai or even when they're doing the show, you know, sometimes they'll be like, oh, the show must go on. Even one person struggling, they just like keep doing it, keep doing it, doing it, and end up the more they'll get the nerve damage and all this stuff. And then when they healing about it, people will like, oh, I inject more they like two or three have a nerve damage and it's just like the fuck is that? Because I never give any nerve damage to anyone. I never have given to anyone yet. And then when I hear them they say it's like it's normal. Yeah. I I have almost nerve. had nerve damage before I was I was tied to a tree. And it was my mm. first extensive uh form of suspension. And mm. so and I was doing it for a photo shoot, not so much for a scene. So mm-hmm. I, knew, I knew as soon as I was tied up, I was like, you're probably going to get one shot out of this. And then I think I'm done. And he was just like, mm-hmm. okay, okay, I'll make this quick. I'll make this quick. I think he got maybe four photos. And then he, mm-hmm. I, was, I was grateful that he was quick um, it was actually with, um, oh, I'm probably going to mispronounce his last name, but Phil, Phil Buxis, I think it's B-O-X-I-S. He was quite phenomenal with how quick he was to just get me down mm. as soon as I told him, hey, I think I'm close to the edge, but if you can get these yeah. few photos... And then mm. just get me down because there's very few people that I mean. As soon as you commit to it, it it can be hard. You never know. Yeah, it's it's really hard because you know people they are fooled by all of the idea, all the picture on the social media, some difficult difficult thing like you know singing dress robe and all the difficult fancy picture and you know some time they have a lot of people helping doing that that photo shoot. I mean, right now, I don't do photo shoot alone. And sometimes, I feel a little bit afraid. I'm not afraid of, you know, I'm, I'm afraid of being working alone because when they have people helping me working, we could, we could do a difficult 
difficult position at well. We got all the good photo at well, and I have a lot of people saving my model. You know, I don't know if anything could happen, but I have backup. I have people saving me. If if I'm working alone, that means I'm the only one who are tied and untied. It's hard. It's hard to do it for the photo shoot, and sometimes they requiring to want to get something like difficult, especially in the BDSM kind of photo shoot. I'm fine with it. I'm really similar with it. But when it's come to the art photo shoot, sometimes they're trying to let me use mini. I mean minimum rope as much as I can. Sometimes they want me to use a lot of rope. And a photo shoot is all about, it takes more time to get a bad picture. Absolutely. And to work on a photo shoot, I would recommend everyone to have people around you. Don't work alone. Don't work alone because when it's become photo shoot, you want a bad photo, that means you take a lot more risk to do things. Exactly. When, when, it's not, when it's not supposed to be like that. Hmm. Absolutely. Because I, I mean, I was definitely surprised with the fact that not only was he the rigger, but as well as the photographer, even if it was just for, I mean, a lot of it was mainly groundwork. And then mm. it was improvised to do the suspension of me getting tied to the tree. But we both understood yeah. that risk. Whereas yeah. it definitely is understandable with when it comes to photo shoots, sometimes you really need a team. Yeah, you need you need a team when or at least a I have. Yeah, when I have a team, I just like yes, I I feel happy. I'm I doing my job better because I all I forgot is about tidying, about saving the person that I tie. I don't have to worry about anything else. I got people to do that for me. Most of my crew is my student as well. So I ask them to work for me and sometimes I teach them for free, stuff like that. And sometimes most of them, even they don't have to do it for, for free. They're willing to pay me to get into the work scene with me because they learn so much from that as well. <laughs> so, <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of lucky for me that I have a lot of lovely people become my customer and my student. That is amazing. That is I love that for yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, I I feel like I'm I'm just really lucky with 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 a lot of thing about my my work to comparing it to everyone in Thailand. I'm not comparing to the whole world, but here in Thailand, I'm not trying to say my country is better than any country but I'm talking about this country it's a little bit weird and mm. not like the other country yeah but most of people would not see it in it most of people would feeling like we all feel all the same we thought that our country is weird and fucked up in any way and then when we see the other country we just like ooh better but in Thailand, it's a little bit, nah, everything is just controlled. It's just people say things, do things differently. They do things and then they say things different. 
you know, like when they're saying that we don't have any prostitute, but most of the people who saying that using, you know, the servant well, like behind the scene, whatever. It's just, I don't know. To, for art to be the same people, we are from this side. They thought that we are sick, have a mental issue mostly. That is what they think. The more that we educate, it didn't make them, it didn't make them understand art more, but we kind of drawing people who are confused about their cell, their body, their personality in, and that is a thing that is, is a main thing that, that why we educate about BDSM. To, to give a little direction for the people who are a lot in their cell and to knowing that you can empower yourself even you are submissive out there. It doesn't mean you have to be submissive all the time. That is what, what Thai people don't really understand. Even dominant, like you don't have to be dominant all the time. You don't have to be that. You are a human being. Um, my, my manager, she is actually the, the person who are organize all the BDSM, BDSM event in Thailand. And she's also the person who made me met my teacher as well. <laughs> so she pretty much my everything. So, <laughs> yeah. And then as you mm. describe Thailand, um, I guess for the listeners, how would you describe the, how would you describe the BDSM scene I guess more specifically in Bangkok for someone that <laughs> might be new and wanting to visit. I feel what they know about it is all about sexual thing. I mean, BDSM is, is sexual. You know, it, it's, it's sexual. But for me, I used to live in, in the state before. I mean, I don't think that people know that much. I, I used to live in the state and when they start doing BDSM, it starts from kinky sex. I know them from like kinky sex. And then when they get into the BDSM, I learn that BDSM is not all about sex. You don't need to patitation someone to do BDSM. And it was flashback when I get back to the Thailand and then when I I looking for the community in Thailand. Most of them say that it's necessary to do BDSM and sick. <laughs> and it's just like that is not right. You don't have to if you don't want to. You just want someone to beat the shit out of you. It doesn't mean you have to have sex with them. And and then um, I try to get to the right people who are feeling the same thing that what the beaters them to them mean. And some of them still thinking it's all about sex. You have to have sex to do it. Because you see on the you know porn, you see it 
you know, whatever that you see on the internet, but they don't really thinking about like doing the thing without sex. And then they're thinking like, why we do that for if we don't have sex after? I mean, we, we, we can have sex after, I mean, but it's not every goddamn time when you're doing the scene. So I've met people who are having the same opinion as I am. And when we stick together, well, they have a lot of different group in Thailand, different community, and then we're learning that people have a different fetish. People, they are forgot on sexual thing early. People forgot on impact pay, like more pain and all this stuff. And then I think I like rope and I never have sex with anyone or do any meditation with anyone doing the rope scene at all. And I don't think that I could do that too. And then I learned about it by talking to the people. People have their, their emotional, like, it's just like, oh, you get tired like that and you get fucked like that. And it's just like, nope. it's not happening all the time. <laughs> I got that a lot. Like, did you fuck them? Like, I just like, it is so fucking weird when you say that thing to me. I mean, I know I'm kinky at fuck, but when people asking me this question, I feel uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I think people, people here still cannot separate what is BDSM, what is, what is meant to them. Mm-hmm. That, was, that was how I felt with my introduction to BDSM here in the Carolinas, I, I noticed, I, I don't know, like, I just didn't see the separation between BDSM and sex, and mm. so my problem was, I wasn't attracted to many people within my scene, so I <laughs> just remained a voyeur for the first few years of my introduction. So I was just like, well, I'm not really attracted to a lot of the people that I see. So I guess I'm just going to watch and mm. maybe. So it, it definitely took a few years before I finally mm. realized like, oh, so I can do these kinky things and sex doesn't have to be involved. And honestly, yeah. it took me until I was abroad and predominantly being in Thailand that I learned the most because I mean I was already involved in the scene for at least I would say on and off four years but yeah I I think where I learned the most valuable lessons was definitely my time in Thailand and a little bit in Germany as well was where I learned the most which is like okay sex can be mixed with it but it's not it's not expected. It can be negotiated to do with or without it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think, I mean, from meeting that, doing BDSM things, it's, it's not, I don't know. I have, I don't have a lot of sex. I always been in a long, long distance relationship. I don't know why. 
I like that, but I like to be apart from my lover. I don't know. It just made me feeling like I could be myself more, finding my own passion and all the things. So I didn't have sex that much. But when I do, I do have sex a lot sometimes, too, but sometimes I don't. To feel really that kind of thing out for me, sometimes that when I don't have sex, I find things to do, mostly reading a great book, going to the museum, seeing art and all the stuff, make me satisfy, make me satisfy as much as I have sex. And then it's, when it's become to be DSM, I feel satisfied without having intercourse. I feel good. We should with the same feeling and they have sex. And then people were like, how? <laughs> like, I don't know. It's just, I don't know. It de- depends on how you XY sex it to you. For me, that is, it's hard. It's love. And then when I do shibari, it's love as well. Both of it could be repaired to each other sometime. I, mm. I can definitely I can definitely relate to that because, I mean, I think my friends must think that I am a sex addict, especially when it comes to my vanilla friends, that they just think I am having <laughs> all the kinky sex all the time. But I feel like sex can be a very it can almost be like an out of sight out of mind thing for me unless I have this deep connection with someone even when it came to my casual play partners you know it it was nice (laughs) having sex but if they're not around I don't really think about sex that much I don't even really masturbate and it's always surprising to people when I tell them that it has just never been a thing that yeah. I do. I can probably count on one hand how many times I've masturbated. But I have also told people, I, I feel like I could go without sex. I don't know if I can go without kink. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that is the thing. That's, that is the thing. Like, mostly we, we know what we are. We have we have all a different feeling, different thing. But what we are and what we're thinking is it will like different, really different. Like most of the people, you know, think I'm a pervert, which I'm a big pervert for sure. <laughs> you know, it's been, I, I have a drawing mouth, drawing eye when it's seeing someone pretty. That is what I am. I will like love to be tidying all the pretty women for sure but i mean the thing is i'm respect them enough to to really not thinking more than that like i could never imagine myself having a sex scene with them but most of the people would like you are pervert you definitely want to fuck her and it's just like <laughs> no i'm not and the feeling like why people keep excuse me that I wouldn't fuck everyone. You know, I want to tell them, you know, fucking is not that easy. The vagina is not on her leg. It would like under her clothes and that mean it doesn't mean that it would will be open for me. 
and they I just you know sometimes I would just get really upset when people saying that I just make them you know listen me talking about say it's it's not about if you want to fuck someone you can't fuck right away you have to wait for their consent you have to make them feel happy to fuck with you too exactly. <laughs> you, you can't you cannot just you know you you have to work really hard to fuck someone <laughs> yes <laughs> It's not. It's not that easy. Like you think, you were like, you want to fuck someone, you just like throw them on the bed, and then that is a rape scene, and they just like, okay, I got it, I got it, shut the fuck up, and it's just like, nope, you have to listen to me because you keep telling me that I could fuck anyone easily, but you have to learn how to fuck. I mean, see that everyone know how to fuck, but people have, you know, easy thought and then quick mouth to say something like that. I don't know why they say that. <laughs> But who is stupid to say? <laughs> yeah, I think people overlook the enthusiastic mm-hmm. consent. <laughs> yeah, I mean, my vanilla friend, most of most of them, like, I have two kind of vanilla friend. A vanilla friend who are curious, want to know everything that I do. Same. They're like just a little. They're just like a little child. They're just having the question all the time. And from meeting that, I just feel like I'm not the one who upset about sexual thing. You are. You are kinky more than I am. Seriously, like stop it. <laughs> Let's stop. Like you are the one who are upset like you met me and then what you're talking about is BDSM when you feel disgusting sometimes and you still keep arguing about it like you don't have to say that to me what is wrong with me you have to ask yourself what is wrong with you that you want to know this kind of stuff <laughs> <laughs> and I have a friend who are not arguing about this at all but this friend we grow up in the culture of not talking about sex in public, not talking about sex to anyone. But they are still good friends and support me everything that I do. They don't talk about sex at all. They don't talk about how they're doing with their husband, their partner. Which sometimes I want to know like what kind of sex do they have. That is that is kind of people make me become a pervert. Because I want to know how their sex life is. But then didn't talk. They don't talk about it at all. They don't even get close to it. I just that is that is kind of people that made me curious about it. Yeah, I just I feel like there was a time where I was guilty that I prioritized sex more than I should have in one relationship. It it almost was like I was having performance anxiety. Which is like, mm-hmm. oh no, maybe we're not having enough kinky sex or just we're not having enough sex and I need to, you know, change this. But now looking back, it's it's almost ridiculous how much I did put that pressure on them and why it was even such a big deal, you know, to even perform more than we needed to so it was just ridiculous to even think about that just now it's just like okay maybe I did put on more pressure on myself in that relationship than I should have I mean that that has happened to all of us like sometimes that we know what we want why we're not doing more 
and that that is what we thinking on that time but that is a lot of pressure that you put it on on your partner um i have i have um i have some music before and that's that person would really put a lot of pressure on me that i have to dominate her all the time it would it would bad it would bad for my healthy my mental issue and all thing it's just not really good because what i doing is it a job and to have someone they are expect me to beat the shit out of them every time i meet them it's just it's just hard it's just hard that to stay with that person even i like that person a lot that to feel that pressure around me that i have to you know be dumb dominate in front of them all the time it's just it's just hard and after that partner we didn't go well we break up and it's for me that i'm not looking for anyone who are really really submissive but who are like my personality want to be close to me as friend as lover at anything but to make sure that i will be myself all the time that that is most of the relationship between me and all my submissive is right now because when i'm feel relaxed from work i feel relaxed to be with that person i feeling like i have all the energy that i want to do for them to thank them for me the chivalry or the same is all about love you love it's a different form of love and i i feeling like I could do my best when I feel that if I feeling like I've been forced to do thing even I'm the one who are forced them to do thing but you know the feeling like being forced by your submissive to do thing is is kind of bad and I don't I don't really like that mm-hmm. don't really like that at all Yeah, I just talk about it on my Twitter last night because it's kind of flat bad that I have it with my own submissive. Mm. <laughs> yeah, but it was bad, but bad relationship because it doesn't matter how much I try and saying to her, she did she would not accept that she have her own idea of dominant, and that I just lay sliding that. It's it's it doesn't work. It's the matter. It doesn't matter how much I like her, but we would not fit to each other. To depend to like to depend to the other people that I play with. They're trying to make me feel relaxed as much that I can, and in the return that I will make the same to them too. It's what it's what bad one that I have. Only one submissive that they have that is really bad. We even cannot even break up on our own. Mm. I need to get the third party to break us up. Not like to 
to break out of its mold, to talk, to make it clear, and then we stopped seeing each other. Uh, and then she almost, not almost, she actually harassing me too. It was it a shit show for my relationship too, because she followed me everywhere. And she keep talking to people around me. Mm. And then she give me a reason that she wants to know what am I doing, what am I doing. But it's more like she's threatening my other partner. It was bad. It was bad. Yeah, that is the first, not the first, some is it that they have, but it's like uh, the first one that get me this much headache. <laughs> yeah. yeah. For me, I feeling like what it mean, what is make me feel really bad about it because she see me as the sex toy that I have to lead her every goddamn time that she want. And then what she thinking about dominate? Dominate is like it doesn't matter. You want to type, you want to type a pretty girl. You want to do thing with a pretty girl all the time. And that I would like, you know, I educate people in Thailand about BDSM. Mm-hmm. And I could not even get you get into the point of the consent have to come from two people. I was sad about my job right now that because you are my partner and you don't understand this thing about consent at all. That is keep out fighting because like, she treated me as a sex toy. <laughs> and I was hating it. I was hating to be treated as a sex toy. Yeah. The thing is really weird. So all about people. So do you have any experience like this? Um, I feel like I personally have not had the experience, but I have I have definitely heard people that have had similar experiences as dominants and tops would just like they they worry about feeling like service tops but just like everyone wants to play with us mm. and everyone is always demanding things of us but like what about us what about our limits and what about our feelings <laughs> but i yeah i personally have not gone through it but i have only really played with a few people and I mean me as a top I I only have limited experience and then I sort of Mm. took a hiatus for a while due to just personal reasons nothing really lifestyle wise but just personal reasons I just took a hiatus so there's still a lot that I'm exploring so I haven't really gone through it myself Mm -mm mm-mm-mm yeah, I think it's it take your lifetime to get to know or everything that you want to know because I think your curiosity will probably gonna popping up later with a different thing. I mean, for me, that I start with the same at the submissive though. I'm a submissive before. I'm a life slave, sex slave. Like it would fuck anything <laughs> at that time. <laughs> it's just like I would like. Really, really bad at it. I didn't understand myself as well when I switched to the top. I think Rob, Rob would change me everything. Shibari would change me to become 
a top. And I'm still going back to getting tight sometimes. I'm not very good at physical pain at all. But I love to be drama. I love crying over the rope. I was crying like crazy when someone tied me, good tie me, and made me feel that all the pressure that I, I, I hopeless and all everything. I love that feeling. I love feeling of, you know, being hopeless and dancing Absolutely. on the edge. That, that's what I like the most. But they don't really have much people who could push me that. They, they are thinking about physical pain. They go to like doing a lot of whipping and all this stuff. But for me, that is quite boring. I, I, I could not, I could not getting off from that. If I, <laughs> if I'm a submissive, I want someone who make me feeling like life is drama. You are in it. That's what I want. Exactly. <laughs> make me cry. That is what I want. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm sometimes I asking people to tie me. But most of my students, no one wants to tie me. Yeah. Because I could tell, even they are behind my back tying me, I could tell what they're doing. <laughs> so they're afraid of it. <laughs> yeah. But sometimes I have, I have people who are come to visit Thailand or I visit them in the other country and I ask them to tie me. <laughs> Happy time. Like, I tie... I, tied to learning thing too sometimes so. this has been mm. such an enlightening and amazing conversation i actually have one last question for you guess what general advice would you give to the listeners regarding i guess the bdsm community when it comes to being a rigger being a rope bunny being a rope bottom what general advice would you give I think it de- it's really depend on the conversation that, that, that we made. It's not that we both are women, you women, I'm women. And, you know, I know that you're a little political head as well. I'm political head, like Emily political. So I feel like I believe in the, you know, the eco about gender like we all have the equal equality it doesn't matter you are woman or man when you do come a thing you cannot compare what is good what is not good also you cannot compare is why men good than women when it's become to the BDSM you know, think and will all of it we live in the different different country, which is for me sometimes it feel like different world. Every scene in each country they are run by their own culture. I for me feeling like people is a culture and we all are have different things. And I think you definitely, probably this is the first, like, you know, 
Thai people who are weaker too, and then talking about BDSM, you will never really. It's really gonna be rare for you to like hear it from 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 Thai people talking about BDSM. And yeah, I think that is what is it. I don't know what I'm gonna say. <laughs> honestly, yeah, I just like was... so many thought in my head. Honestly, that was it was. It was good insight. Thank you for sharing that. And thank you for having this delightful conversation with me. This has been wonderful. Yes, thank you so much. I've been, I've been, I've been, you know, kind of waiting for someone to do the interview with me for a while. I'm really quite picky as well, you know, even interview in Thailand when, um, I when I have like people who are do live streaming, online thing like you know the website, everything in Thailand want to, want to um interview me. I have to ask them so many questions about why they want to interview me, and if they could not get the right answer to make me feel that I wanted to, I say no to them most of all the time. <laughs> yeah, because. They want to know, like, what the chivalry is. But what I'm telling them, like, you don't have to come to me to know what the chivalry is. You can't go on the internet searching for it. Yes. You will get all the questions. But the thing is, you have to know why you have, why it have to be me. You have to learn my personality. You have to get to find the thing to talk to me not just want to know what the shibari or bdsm is yeah so it's just like go to google you don't need me all the questions that you have you don't really need me yeah this is honestly what i try to explain to people even with my own show was just like listen Mm. there are plenty of other podcasts there are plenty of websites where you can look up this 101 shit but it is not coming from me. Like I am jumping yeah. deep into conversations that you can Google up the terms later. Yeah. Yeah. This is like, I think I learned from my first interview and then people to like asking me what the chivalry is. And it's just lowering my eye to the back of my head. And it's just like, can't you fucking Google it? Because, you know, <laughs> You know, it's just like, you know, it's just like, you are better than that. You are insulting me. <laughs> you are making things for people to watch, to people to listen. You have to get better than this. But I mean, you are great. I love talking to you. I've been like, you know, you sent me a question before and most of it is more about event and then telling you that I'm I'm not doing any event for a long time. I got someone do it for me. And then you sharing it to the thing that I you know uh interesting too and that is really great that will you study uh, the person that you are interview. That's good. <laughs> I feel yeah, absolutely I honored that I have been able to interview you. So this is even more delightful. Yeah. I'm glad that we do this. It's really, it's really nice. Mm. 
Yes. So thank you so much for being on this show. And so I guess closing out, where can people follow you on social media? And I'll make sure to add that in the description as well. I don't really talk much. I don't really say thing much on the social media. What I do is posting picture and then doing stupid, you know, emo- emoji on under my photo pretty <laughs> much all the time. So I, you, you cannot get any sense from me because I would like lazy shit. So <laughs> I have Instagram, which it is um, yada um, dot and kinbaku. That is that is my um, official account for my work. Uh, I have the other account as well, but I don't accept anyone at all. <laughs> so please go to follow the official account. And um, I don't have website because I don't know why it's necessary. I think Instagram is the only way that you can reach out to me. I try to make the only fan that it's a little bit hard. So I'm probably going to do only fan really soon. Have like the content video and stuff. I'm thinking about to do, start doing porn in Thailand. Ooh. That um, bet on, on my not myself but probably my my king, and I want to do this life for the woman, to as well because most of I mean I didn't say like I hate men I mean I love men as well but I feeling that all the porn most of it they make it for men, mm-hmm. you know. And I hating it. I hating that to to, you know, like uh, in one time that in for a long time that I want to masturbate. I just looking for the good porn, and then it took me forever to find the right porn. Seriously, and then I feel like they need to make more porn for women. Yes, <laughs> women like different thing. Women want to see some different side of it. Yeah, for thinking about, I know a lot of people who are doing all the fan here in Thailand, and I was talking to them, and they just want to do porn with me. Which is, are we gonna start all the fans to post my porn in there? Well, let's see <laughs> if we can make it through. I'm really lazy, so probably <laughs> I'm gonna need someone to positive. I mean, doing the account for me because I'm like lazy. I mean, that yeah. sounds like a submissive job to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, I don't know. I'm just, ugh, I don't know why. I'm, I'm, my life is a mess. <laughs> In my private life, I could not do anything at all. If someone don't come to see me, I would not eat all day. I just sitting lying down like that and not eat because I'm too lazy to eat. <laughs> when it comes to rope, I'm a lie. I'm strict. I'm strict on rope. I'm really, I could not, I would be unhappy if my photo have something wrong with it. I would renew and do it again. I would not let any mistake happen into my work. It's opposite life in, in, in my in my private life, I just, you know, don't do anything. I don't wash my clothes for two weeks now. And now I'm just waiting for someone to come to do it for me. 
<laughs> you know, when they just like cannot find anything to wear, I just don't wear it. <laughs> it just, oh, I don't know. I need to do something better with my life that like I do with the rope. I think that my life is just not moving anywhere, but my rope is keep running far and farther for me right now. So I need to balance to a bit thing. <laughs> well, I am yeah. definitely looking forward to the launch of your OnlyFans, and I will make sure to add that to the description of this episode as soon as you make the account. Yes, yeah. Hopefully, I'm gonna I'm gonna make people reminding me to do it. <laughs> yeah. So thank you yeah. for being on the show. It's yeah, been such a wonderful time having you. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you, my fellow listeners, for listening while Lady Daddy talks. <laughs>